Blog Talk Radio. Been whining like a freightliner, passing all night diners, trying hard just to stay up. My mind keeps wandering off, and I can't put my finger on why the middle of the road takes such a toll down in a traveler's heart. With no place in mind, my kind of kind is bound just to play my part. This world can't help but spin In my wheels they're wearing thin Oh lady of the highway If you hear me Send me on my way Oh lady of the highway If you chain with Ian Bush. So I'm filling in for Yvonne Mason tonight, and that was a song from our uh, our uh, interview today. It was called, oh no, it went away. Oh no, 
we'll have to ask him when he when he uh, comes on the air what what that was called. I think it's called Lady of the Highway. So we'll confirm with him once we start uh, interviewing. So unfortunately, Yvonne will not be here for the week. If you have not heard, um, her husband has passed away, and her husband Cactus Jack Teal has ended his journey at 11:48 this morning. And she's busy working on arrangements, and she's going to post them up. But she uh, she's definitely still trying to, to move through figuring out, you know, what what happens when you lose your best friend and your biggest supporter and the love of your life. So, uh, and on on today, I just want to take a couple of moments in the beginning and have a moment of silence for Yvonne. And during that moment of silence. If you are a person who believes in religion, just send her a prayer. If you're a person who believes in good karma, send her send some good karma her way. Whatever feels comfortable to you. Let's just take a couple of seconds and keep Yvonne in our in our hearts for a couple of silent seconds. So hopefully, Yvonne, if you're listening, you can feel it. You can feel the love from your fans right now. We're all here for you. We all love you deeply. We all care for you. If you're not listening, hopefully when you hear this later, you'll you'll have a moment of recollection like, oh, yeah, I did feel a weird moment five or six minutes into the show. <laughs> so our guest tonight is Ross Cooper. Ross, are you still there? I am, man. How's it going? Good. Did I totally butcher your song that that played in the beginning? I, I named no. it right, right? You did. You did a good job. Yeah, it's Lady of the Highway. <laughs> we're <laughs> we're we're already on the right foot. As long as I get the beginning song, we're good. We, the rest of the interview is just you know it is what it is. No, <laughs> it is what it is. So that's right. <laughs> a little bit, a little bit about you. Um, you grew up in West Texas, correct? Correct. Lubbock, Texas. Born and raised. And then I, I was doing a little bit of research on you, and I found out an interesting fact that you knew what you wanted to do at 10, 10 years old. You knew what you wanted to do. Is that correct? Yeah. So my mom, um, she's, a, she's a great pianist, and she can read music, and she's always, you know, played church songs. And um, she was kind of my first piano teacher and her and I wrote our first song together when I was 10. And I think, honestly, it's still um, in her piano bench in, in Lubbock, Texas somewhere. Um, so it was always, music was always something that was in the house because of her and it was always something that was encouraged, you know. So at an early age, I, it didn't take long. You know, when you have that support system, it's it's pretty easy to 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 go with it, you know. No, I, I completely agree. It's just amazing to think that at 10 years old, you already knew what I want. I kind of have a similar story with my writing. Um, I still have filing cabinets of stories that I wrote, like, in third, fourth, and fifth grade. And I can barely read them because, you know, we're 10. Give me a break. But <laughs> right. I had the same kind of 
the same kind of journey is that when I was young, I was working in fifth grade with a classmate saying, hey, let's write this book. And they're like, yeah, it sounds cool. And, you know, 10-year-old. So the day goes by and nobody wrote their pages and the book dies. And But it was cool <laughs> right. to, to start that young and have the the creative bite, if you will, that young. And I think you can respect that as well. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and it's uh, being that young, it's, you know, I, I I think it would be a lot cooler if I could say, I knew at 10 years old that I was going to write songs. You know, I, I don't, I don't know if there was ever really that, but I know that it was, it was something that kind of helped push me forward. Um, to, it, it was never, I guess it was never something that was like out of reach, you know, having written a song that young, it was something that was like, okay, and it wasn't a good song. I'm, I, I doubt it was a good song. I can kind of, I can kind of remember a little bit of it, but, uh, but that whole, the kind of the feeling of, of, Oh, you just kind of, you just have to kind of do it. I think is probably pretty paramount for somebody that that young, you know, um, it's uh it's removing any kind of hurdle that might be in your way later on because um, writing songs is hard man <laughs> you know like yeah sometimes i feel like i might not ever write a song again um after i after you write a bad one it's like oh man it's if you're somebody who's pretty self-deprecating it can be it's a it's a it can be a big struggle but it's also one of the most rewarding things ever but um being that young and doing it it's it's just kind of a, a good lesson in hindsight of um, that it really helps to have a support system and, and have people that are, are are there to encourage you and in what in whatever whatever you're doing. You know? Well, you know, I was there when you were ten, but I think you're not giving yourself enough credit. So I think the song was okay. <laughs> it obviously did well for you, so don't don't beat yourself up too much. All right, it, <laughs> it must have been all right, especially if you still remember a yeah, couple of words. It. it was really terrible. It'd be like in the deep crevice of your mind, like, I'm never, I'm never mentioning that again. <laughs> I don't remember nothing. Well, I don't know song. about that. I mean, <laughs> well, that's like saying, do you remember your first kiss? Sir, I am happily married. Um, that, that, uh, no, of course not. I only remember my first kiss with my wife. That's, that's the only kiss. I okay. Remember. Well, well, for anybody else that can <laughs> remember their, help their first kiss. <laughs> No, for anybody else that does remember their first kiss, it wasn't with their wife, then it probably wasn't that great, but you still remember it. <laughs> you know, it was a, it was a moment. <laughs> it was the same type of moment. You're like, oh, you know what? I could get used to this. <laughs> that was a shameless plug for me to win a couple of kudos with my wife, and you've uh, oh, yeah. completely, sure completely you ruined your good. So I appreciate that. No. Please. No. <laughs> Again, as long as I mention what the uh, the song, the opening song is for you, right? Nothing can go wrong with the interview, so we're doing great. <laughs> That's right. And and so, Ian's wife, wherever you are out there, just know that that you were the only thing that he was talking about before we started the interview. So <laughs> the entire time, no. <laughs> entire time. <laughs> you didn't hear my name at first. You're like, let me just talk about my life, and you're like, oh, okay. This is weird. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> kind of answered my question a little bit um explaining you know what you want to do when you were 10 did it help you later in life or do you think it hindered you because i know for me personally starting to write at a young age um 
when, you know, I can't remember exactly how old I was, but if you start riding at 10 and you become 20, that's a decade worth of mistakes and, and, and bruises and bumps, and it starts to feel like a lot. At a, at a very young age, you kind of lose sight of, you know, you have many more years ahead of you. Do you, do you think that kind of barrier ran in, uh, you ran into that kind of barrier? or I, I think um, if there was ever a barrier that I ran into being that young and writing that young was – it was it wasn't scary to write a song. I was used to it. By the time, you know, I was comfortable enough with my voice to like sing in front of other people. Um, you know, starting that, I, I didn't really know if I. Well, looking back, I didn't have anything to say. You know, when you when you really dig in and you start putting a band together and you're 14 or 15 years old and you start writing these songs that like you, your buddies who are also 14 or 15 think are pretty cool, like odds are those songs aren't aren't very good, you know. And they probably sounded a lot like what I was listening to at the time. Um, you know, when you kind of look at people, artists, and they're kind of – I feel like they're a little, um, you know, fewer and far between. But when you look at artists that, you know, didn't pick up a guitar until they are 20 years old or 21 or whatever, and then they put out these incredible – records it's it's because you know it it took 20 or 21 years of living to figure out exactly what they want to say and that they do have something to say um so if there's any kind of a hindrance i think that probably starting a little bit early is you know kind of growing up with music and always writing um i feel like there's definitely it was it was definitely a little later in my life where I I felt like I had something that was worth writing or um you know something that was worth worth listening to you know it, it's I put out my first record when I was 18 and a lot of the songs I wrote when I was like 15 you know so mm-hmm. it didn't sound like you know, a, a record from an 18-year-old that was like this, like some kind of a prodigy type thing. It sounded like I was an 18-year-old that was uh, recorded, <laughs> didn't recorded songs that I'd written when I was 15 years old. So I don't know, but at the end of the day, it's like I'm, I'm still on the side of the fence where I think it's nothing but a good thing when writing and playing can be encouraged at a really early age. You know. Agreed. No, I completely agree. And any any um, art in general, even if it's just reading a book, you start early yeah. and that opens doors. So I completely yeah. agree with that statement. The uh, lapse in timeline, um, I'm not quite sure what came first, so you're going to have to help me out a little bit. Hopefully you remember as well. So if, if you don't, it's going to be a little awkward. <laughs> that's okay. Um, did you ride Broncos before getting published? Or excuse me, um, doing a, a album, or did the album come first? What what came first? No, so I so I, um, so first of all, we're gonna go over some vo- some vocabulary. I'm gonna help you out. Yeah, thank you. So I know you're fr- I know you're from <laughs> Michigan. Earlier, you said that you're from Michigan. So all you have to know is you can just say you know ride Bronx. You can drop the O. Um, 
first okay. of all. But, <laughs> all but, all yeah, your so, listeners are like, jeez, so, who is this guy? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's my, 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 probably my mom and dad are laughing right now a little bit, but that's okay. Um, <laughs> no, so, so bronc riding, you know, the bronc itself refers to a bucking horse. And within that, you have saddle bronc riding and bareback riding. So I rode, I rode bareback horses, and I junior rodeoed, high school rodeoed, college rodeoed, and pro rodeoed. And it's – so basically – all that is is base. It's like baseball. You know, you start with little league or t-ball, t- then little league, then you know, high school, college, whatever. It's the same type of thing. But I was always doing both um, simultaneously. But what was, was really, I think, mm-hmm. the interesting thing was that, like, for a long time, my rodeo friends didn't know that I played music and vice versa. My music friends really didn't know that I rodeo because I wasn't really playing those quintessential rodeo songs you know that wasn't really what i was writing and i was listening to a lot of that stuff but you know i was listening to folk songs and listening to indie rock and was listening to everything and i think was really trying to figure out what i was doing as a writer and who i was as an artist and that wasn't completely mutually exclusive with what i was doing you know as a rodeo cowboy so for a really long time um maybe until i was uh, 21, you know, a lot of people didn't know that, you know, a lot of rodeo buddies had no idea that I was playing music. Um, so, you know, it, it, it's always been the two biggest things in my life. Um, I kind of started doing, I, I started playing music before I really started rodeoing. Um, and I started getting on Bronx when I was, um, like 13. And, but, I mean, you know, there's only really a couple of years difference between those two things. And uh, for a big chunk of my life, I was, I mean, I was doing them both at the same time. Yeah. So since, since you're going to tease my home state, no, I'm sorry. <laughs> now it's going to be a border, <laughs> a border, a border battle. <laughs> the, the, uh, that, that's crazy that you'd want to, to do that. Um, but it's really cool. And even in your bio, it says that you're the rare country musician who has actually lived the life of a cowboy. And so I was, I'm not going to lie, I was a little intimidated. I was like, I think the last country song I listened to was Big and Rich. Um, mm-hmm. And so I was like, well, you know, I'll give it my darndest and I'll fake it till I make it. And then I listened to your song. And um, I'm not going to say which one yet going to be a secret but I listened to your song and I'm like good lord this is not what I was expecting and I don't know if that's a compliment in your realm or not no I no I absolutely take it as a compliment and that's been like that's been the that's been a consistent you know kind of a constant in the last year because you know it's uh I have I have my background but also have you know what i I also have my music too, and it's it's heavily influenced by my background. But it doesn't have you know what people think of when they think of modern country music either, right? And I was I was actually really shocked, um, pleasantly shocked. So Good. kudos to you because you definitely um, <laughs> Thank you. you definitely knocked down a couple of stereotypes in my head that I had of um, country songs. And I well, once I heard it, I'm like, this is actually something I might listen to. So. Um, well, I, I kind of come from a diverse, 
Of course. I come from a diverse background of music, too. So I kind of grew up on, you know, being two hours from Detroit, two hours from Chicago. Of course, you have your rap, your hip-hop, but, you know, my, my dad uh, kind of got me raised on the uh, oldies but goodies. So, you know, went to an Iron Maiden concert, yada, yada. Oh, dude. And there was, like I, I said, me and my there was a little bit of country. <laughs> you, you uh, what? No, so I'm sorry I interrupted. When you said Iron Maiden, me and my best friend in high school used to just like scream sing Wicker Man throughout the hallways of high school. <laughs> Remember that song? Yeah. <laughs> That's like my favorite Iron Maiden song of all time. So, well, see, this yeah, is why the show's called Off the Chain because I had questions lined up. I was on a tangent. Now we're talking about Iron Maiden. No, so my friends and mm-hmm. I used to sing um, Flight of Icarus. Yeah, it's great. Um, and I mean, we just uh, scream that. <laughs> well, our our thing with uh, Wicker Man was one of us would just yell the that chorus that your time will come, and then the other one would do the would just yell the guitar part that do 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 do, you know. And <laughs> of course, like we're we're in you know South of Lubbock, Texas, like West Texas. And there was like a handful of people that listened to Iron Maiden. It, it wasn't exactly a widespread, you know, plague of of Iron Maiden listeners. That's uh, great, man. That's <laughs> why the show's called the Chain Man. I'm telling you, you you just bring up one memory, and it's like, oh man, like that's crazy. Now for uh, Flight of Icarus, same thing. Like we would we would just do the silly dance moves that you see them on stage do, and just you know. Yeah. We were always trying to reenact Icky Eddie, and it was it was always that's some of my fondest memories. I think I still kept most of my rock T-shirts from high school, uh, which oh. was a little disgusting. But no, 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 no. Right? I, 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 I had so I, there's a time in my life where I listened to a lot of like uh, I had a Taking Back Sunday T-shirt that I had for far too long, oh. and then a, I had a brand new T-shirt that it, I still remembered. It was it was black and it had just a, a red bicycle on it. And then uh, yeah, yeah, I had all those for a long time, long time. You're not alone. Michigan and Texas are I, not uh, that far apart. Actually, they are. I yeah, know, but we're know. we're we're uh, creating creating lines through the boundaries. We actually aren't that different after all. <laughs> yeah, I um exactly. I have an old Lincoln Park T-shirt that I've kept for like 12 years of the hybrid theory cover. And you can barely uh-huh. see the cover, but I still know that's my hybrid theory Lincoln Park t-shirt. And so, yeah, I'm, I'm, I, bet it, I bet it's probably as soft as a dang bed sheet right now too. You know, it's like you finally wear those <laughs> shirts in where they were your favorite shirts back then. And then they become your favorite shirts again. You know, I always have people look at me funny because, um, you know, I, I was this kid in high school who had long hair and, and a leather jacket, but, I would like to say, and this is probably going to cause a controversy, and I'm going to get people on Facebook me and be like, you lied on air. How dare you? But I'd like to say <laughs> that I was kind of friends with everyone. You know, I would go and I'd play Dungeons and Dragons on the weekend, and I was on the wrestling team, but I was also on the marching band, so I was kind of a jack of old trades. Have you and read so, – um, sorry, go ahead. I keep interrupting. That's my bad. No, you're fine. Go ahead, man. No, have you? It, you kind of remind me of a. Uh, have you read um, uh, "Talking to Girls" about Duran Duran, um, written by Rob Sheffield? No, no. I 
Yeah, it's no. a it's an autobiography. It's kind of the, he grew up in the 80s, you know, and, yeah. uh, but it's kind of the same thing. Like, he kind of grew up, like, with New Wave, but he was also on the wrestling team, and, like, read the book when you get a chance, <laughs> man. It's really interesting, whether you are into New Wave oh, well, or not, which I'm, and I'm, it, it's, it's, it's worth the read. It's pretty good. <laughs> All right. I, um, <laughs> sorry. I, no, you're fine, man. That's 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 the beauty of the show. It's a two-way conversation. You know what I mean? So, oh, yeah. um, but I always tell people, I'm like, I'm gonna give, uh, I'm gonna give my kid my 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 jackets and my shirts, and they're like, that's kind of disgusting. I'm like, no, man, that's that's a legacy. Like, that's a piece of history. You know what else? <laughs> it's, it's also thrifty too. So good on you. <laughs> you don't. <know. laughs> in, in 20 years, she'll be the coolest person in the world because they're like, oh man, is that a shirt from the 80s? No. <laughs> that shirt, yeah, it's it's vintage. This is my dad's jacket, not a big deal. <laughs> yeah, no big deal. He wore this. He's kind of a cool dude. <laughs> so we've completely gone off off on a different tangent. That's okay. So my next question for you is: um, I typed you up in Google, and I found you pretty quick, which uh, was good for me because I was I was really afraid. I'm like, oh man, like. It's going to take me a bit. No, man, you were like the first article that popped up. And I'm like, I hope this is the same oh, guy. Cool. And then I read your bio in the article. And I'm like, okay, this guy's pretty big. He's a big deal. And then I looked I, at the article. I got you fooled, man. <laughs> no, man, I looked at the article. It was freaking Rolling Stone. You were oh, on Rolling yeah, Stone. Cool. You were on the yeah. 10 new country artists you need to know February 2018 and I'm like whoa like I got chills you know what I mean I'm not a big music guy but I know what the heck Rolling Stone is <laughs> no it was a so, it was a very surreal thing um I did yeah. I didn't I didn't expect to ever get that you know and um when I heard that it was going to come out or when I heard that I was going to be uh doing an interview because basically what happens is my publicist emailed me or she might have called me on that one and she said hey i have some good news uh you're going to be on the next article for rolling stone for artists you need to know and man it was like it was one of those like holy crap moments you know like yeah you're right it's, it's rolling stone it's just, it's it's really cool and then she says uh you're going to do an interview like on Wednesday or whatever. And it's like two days away and just how fast everything can happen. Pretty unbelievable. It's, it's pretty unbelievable. You know, it's, you know, I'm, I'm about, I don't know how far away I am from Nashville. And I certainly don't know how far away I am from, from home right now, but it's like when you get kind of out in the middle of nowhere and, you know, you have good shows and you have really bad shows and et cetera, et cetera. And then stuff like that happens. It's like definitely kind of a, uh, for me, it's kind of a indicator, like kind of when you, the wind's taken out of your cells that to keep pushing forward, you know, that, uh, but it was, it was a very surreal thing for sure. And I'm very, um, I'm very thankful to, to be included in that. You know, it's a, it's, it's it was a hard hitting list too. There's a lot of really great acts on it. So, a neat thing. You know, a lot of them. 
Yeah, I knew a couple of them. I knew uh, like three or four of the acts on there. I'd have to pull up the article again. It was funny <laughs> is some of my other friends um, had put out records this year, and they all made the list too. Um, <laughs> so oh, I'll wow. see who's on. Yeah, so I'll have to see who's on that list. Um, and then, you know, kind of when the records came out. But uh, it's dang sure a cool thing for sure. You guys are going to have to wear, like, matching jackets now. Like, we're part of the Rolling Stone Club. Thank you. <laughs> you need yeah. <laughs> Man, we all wear just denim, I think. That's kind of the that's kind of the uh, the standard in the in the band, and I think probably every band nowadays, but wear a lot of denim jackets. <laughs> but they don't say Rolling Stone. <laughs> that would be funny. We should just have them, uh, you know, embroidered or monogrammed that, you know, Roll, the, just the URL for the Rolling Stone article. <laughs> <laughs> like, huge like I wouldn't even be upset and think that was cocky. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I want like I wouldn't even I wouldn't even get upset about that. I wouldn't even think that was cocky. I'd be like, good on you. Yeah, like I'm, I'm I would glad you got that hilarious. jacket. I'd get that jacket. If you saw like if you saw somebody with a jacket on the back that said like www.rollingstone.com forward slash February. <laughs> 2018 forward slash top 10 <laughs> forward slash roster. I would laugh hysterically. That'd be awesome. Just a mess of just a mess of people. I'd be like, it's a hyperlink. You should come up and like touch it. And they'd be like, really? No, it's not a hyperlink. This is a jacket. Of course, yeah, great. Of course not. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good idea. So believe it or not, 30 minutes has gone past. It doesn't feel like it. I know. But at the 30-minute mark, oh, cool. we have what Yvonne likes to call some shameless plugging of ads that we do. So if you want, you can stand by and listen to a couple of ads with us, all right? Oh, yeah. Here we go. So if, if you guys are just uh, tuning in, we're talking to indie country music artist Roski. He's a rare country musician who has actually lived the life of a cowboy. He's a former professional bareback writer and was still busting Bronx, as I learned, when his music career began. So we'll be back with him in a bit. Do you have cougars on your porch swing? Are horses your new best friend? Do your nicest shoes get buried knee-deep in snow as your toes turn blue? Are you bothered by wolves at your woodpile? No, not that kind of wolf. Join wildlife artist and author Nancy Quinn and her family as they discover an exciting new life in Go West, Young Woman, a true Montana adventure. Available online and in bookstores. Or visit quinnwildlifeart.com for a personalized signed copy. Critics agree, it's a hoot. This is Jade. And this is Winona. Wow, it's been a busy summer. Yes, we have new books. I think we have a new audio book. And I thought Divorce Was Bad with Other Life Lessons. Why is that title such a mouthful? I don't know, but you can hear that mouthful on Audible and on iTunes now. And that will take you through Life Changes, the highs and lows of it, through pop poetry and the literary life guide. So remember to check us out. And no, I don't mean a once-over, but then my narcissism said, well, maybe check me out once. And then look at the rest of the website at andrethought.com. You can check out the podcast and the YouTube channel and everything that we're doing on that website, andwethought.com, just in case you didn't get it the first time. 
Oh, my goodness. So we're going to say bye from Winona and Jade and our website. Okay, is this going to be like a running gag? Yup. And we thought.com. Bye-bye. Germany, 1938. Charlotte, a young girl of 15, wanders into Georg's cobbler's shop to have her shoes repaired. Georg, enamored by Charlotte's charm and grace, decides then and there that he's going to marry her. But they must keep their love a secret from family, friends, and, most importantly, the Nazis. Follow along as Georg's pursuit of the young Charlotte results in the couple traveling a heart-stopping, winding route to stay one step ahead of the Gestapo in their escape from Nazi Germany, with a surprising twist along the way. If you like history and romance, don't miss Good Things Always Happen in Springtime by Joanne Fisher, available at www.joannesbooks.com. Juliana is a middle-aged housewife in Toronto with a career, a husband that has little interest in her well-being, and three children. In the evenings, she gets on her computer and chats with people around the world. When she gets involved with Aaron and Bobby, her life becomes a pinball, bouncing around her husband, her job, her children, and her two online friends. She's bewitched by the romantic poetry of Aaron, but the honesty and kindness of Bobby bring her all the way to California. Watch for the ironic twist of fate that takes her in a direction she never expected. If you like spicy romances, don't miss With All of Me by Joanne Fisher, available at www.joannesbooks.com. Fiore is a young Italian woman engaged to be married, but her plans are interrupted by a charismatic Sebastian, a handsome middle-aged Spanish businessman. Her beauty strikes him like a thunderbolt sent by the goddess Venus herself. When she's given a peculiar gift, a Spanish doll, she's thrown into a whirlwind of entangled passion, money, secrets, and love. Their romance sparks in a charming little Italian town located on the southern part of Lake Garda in northern Italy and takes them around the globe. What happens when her life is suddenly shattered by a lifelong secret? Her Spanish doll will bring you to a caliente Spain and a romantic Italy, adding some spice along the way. Available at www.joannesbooks.com. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we are back. So we are talking to and we're back. country music artists. <laughs> He's back. I'm back. We're back. We're still talking to indie country music artist Ross Cooper. Uh, as I said before, he's a rare country musician who has actually lived the life of a cowboy. So we were talking about before we went to the break about how I Googled you and we found your Rolling Stone article and now you're going to do the Rolling Stone embroidered jackets. So uh, um, I, would, I would love to see a photo of that at some point. And um, there was one thing that made me... Uh, made me smile from ear to ear when I was reading your Rolling Stone article that I want to bring up and I don't know if you know who they are or if you heard of them and you looked them up um, the author said that there's a subtle nod to Modest Mouse in Lady yeah. of the Highway do you know who Modest yeah, Mouse um, is? 
Yeah, dude, of course. Well, I, I, hey, 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 I didn't know. That's why, that's why <laughs> the question. So um, that's a pretty big nod. I mean, when Modest Mouse yeah. came out with Float On, I remember that, and I remember how big that was. That was that was a big time. Yeah, the there's a song that um, she's I think that she's referring to. The rest of the guys in the band um, were like, "Oh yeah, that sounds just like whatever song." And that song is eluding me right now, but um, it's it's more in the intro that uh, it sounds like kind of modest. E or modest mouse esque. Is it Germany? Yeah. You must have done your homework too. Well, I didn't do too much homework because I love German Bean. So when I played your song, I was like listening to the the modest mouse ish like styles as well. I hate doing that about about artists. That's like my biggest pet peeve when someone's like, yeah, my books are kind of like Star Wars. I'm like, no, stop. Like, you're already setting yourself up for failure, but I didn't know right. nothing about you. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to set myself up for failure and try to listen to a Modest Mouse, like, style-ish song to figure out what this is. And, yeah, it sounds just like um, Germany. Not a bad one. That was it's not just, it, when yeah, I heard I was, it. It wasn't intentional because, honestly, the only um, Modest Mouse record that I really, really dug into – was uh, we were dead before the ship even sank. Like that was, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was my favorite album for um, for a really, 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 really long time. And I think um, probably missed the boat was my favorite song on that. Actually, March of the Sea was really good too. But yeah, I mean that was <laughs> really the only record that I really, really dug into by Modest Mouse. But it's funny because it's like that nod came in regard to like the most country, one of the most country, more country sounding songs on the record. And kind of in our live set, you know, the the back half is kind of almost a rock portion of the set because the back half of the record is honestly kind of a rock portion of the record. And uh, we like to throw in, we usually only play like one cover per set. And like right now we've been, playing um, uh, Take Me Out by Franz Ferdinand. Um, It it fits really well. Well, it fits really well in between the songs that it's sandwiched in between in the set, you know, and it kind of comes out of nowhere and it's a song that everybody really, you know, loves. It's, it's, you know, it was a huge song, but we used to do Reptilia by The Strokes, you know. Yeah. On the other hand, we used to do... um, uh, Sin City by the Fon Brito Brothers. So it's like <laughs> we're, I have country roots. I have country roots, you know. But I'll, I, I have I, I listen to indie rock, um, you know, for a good. I mean, I still do. But yeah. it's uh, it's it's kind of it's there's a middle ground if you can find it, you know. Oh yeah. Well, and I I even heard in um. An, another one of your songs, uh, kind of like a Cage the Elephant feel. You know who they are? <laughs> which which song, first of all? They're all secrets, my friend. It's okay. Yeah, it, it's okay if, if you don't remember. Um, but the, the reason why I ask is because... <laughs> if you don't remember, of course I remember. <laughs> Scrolling through YouTube no, no, no. real fast. No, the... Um, 
the reason why I ask is because uh, Nick Bockroth, the guitar player for KG Elephant, was one of the guitar players on the record. Are you serious? Yeah. Uh, you want to be lying. So, I'm sorry. My bad. <laughs> yeah. So, like, in All She Wrote, um, in Cowboys and Indians, um, you know, he actually he, he played quite – and on uh, Me Only, uh, we yeah, when we brought in – so there was two guitar players on the record aside from me. There was a, a guy named Jeremy Fetzer who plays guitar in a band called Steelism, which is like one of my favorite bands that there is. It's all instrumental and they're phenomenal. It's a, uh, he, he's great, man. And then another guy we brought in was, yeah, Nick Bockroth, who's a lead guitar player for Cage Elephant. So Nick came in and um, so a lot of the Cage Elephant type of stuff, it's a, uh, it sounds like that for a reason because it's Nick. Yeah. Oh man, that is like mind blowing cool. Maybe I need to be like a like a um whatever a, a reviewer of music or something because I didn't even know he was on your album. And I'm like, this sounds a lot like Casey Ellison. <laughs> and it's on my new funny career because... after. Uh... Go ahead. No, it's uh, yeah, it's it's well, it's funny because it's still a country album <laughs> i guess yeah. you know uh but yeah it was it was pretty awesome so the whole experience of cutting that record and um honestly from start to finish was kind of one of those like for me it's a once in a lifetime type of thing um yeah. eric massey was the producer on the record and he's produced some he was he produced some records that are some of my favorite records. Like he produced, uh, you know, Robert Ellis's lots of a chemical plant, um, uh, Andrew Combs record. He just produced, you know, the, um, new Miranda Lambert record. And he just, I was listening to all these, rec- I was listening to a bunch of records before I knew who Eric was. And I was liking all these records that he had produced, you know? And so I had a mutual friend that, agreed to kind of put us in contact and I didn't honestly think that he would that he would bite you know and that he would agree to work on the record and then he did and it just it kind of opened up a whole world of possibility of you know the approach wasn't we're going to approach this like a country record it was we're going to approach this from song to song what's best for the song and you know Eric is a first of all he's he's a fantastic producer and a um, fantastic engineer and everybody loves him in Nashville and he knows everybody so when he's like oh I think Nick Bockroth would be cool to come play guitar on your record it's like the next day Nick Bockroth is in playing guitar on your record you know um, it was a really uh, I think in the moment it was I was able to kind of realize that it's like it wasn't exactly normal, you know, like it was, it was a really cool thing to, it, it, it was cool to be able to kind of, to see what was happening right in front of me and, and be a part of it, you know? Yeah, no, I mean, you, you get those moments in your career where it's just so surreal that you actually take a step back and, you know, you drop whatever it is, your artist tools at that time. And you're like, wow, this is, this is it. This is this happened, and I never thought it. Yeah. So I, I've been there, and I I know how that feels. 
and I, I bet you a lot of other people do too. So you're not alone in that feeling. Yeah. So we heard one song from you, and I want to play another song for a night out, pending your approval. And sure. I got two of them that I think um, I want you to choose which one you think would go best with the conversation that we've been having tonight with all the other bands that we've been talking about. Would you rather play Old Crow Whiskey or Rode the Wild Horses? Um, I'm going to go with I Rode the Wild Horses uh, because um, it, it's it's kind of – when I wrote that song, I knew it was going to be the title track of the record, first of all. Um, I've had a lot of songs. You know, there was a big gap between the last record I put out and this one, and – Man, I was I was trying to kind of hunt down a publishing deal, and I didn't really have I, I didn't I wasn't really planning on putting out an album, you know. And mm-hmm. when I wrote I wrote the Wild Horses, I knew instantly that that was going to be the title track of the record. And the approach, mm-hmm. production wise, was exactly like it was. We it was the synchronicity between production and song. For me, was was perfect. I it, it felt like that's that's if I would have produced that song myself, I could have only hoped for it to sound the way it did. You know what I mean? Like we took some kind of big risks um, on the production side, and I liked it. It's a dark sounding song, um, and honestly, it it's a. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm, I won't say anymore if we're gonna play the song, but <laughs> that was that will that will have, that that's my that's my pick for sure because you know the hope and the thought is to have a subject matter that has to do with a rodeo background, with has to do with mm-hmm. um, you know this this western subject matter, but also under this really almost Tom Waitian production um, and that you can have, you can, you can kind of have that cake and eat it too. You know, you can have that subject matter and you can, while, you know, while having a song or a record in the style of that production. So um, that song, we end the set with it every single night, you know, it's, it's still one that like it's, it's, I can kind of go to that place every time we play that song, you know, and uh, not saying that old crow's not that way either, but um, yeah, that's my pick. I the wild horses. <laughs> All right. So let, let's get you to that place and let's, let's take a, let's take a listen. Cool. Everything's different but me The old stopping grounds are all stopped After all the slow rolling tumbleweeds I get to look a little broken From my hat to my toes My belt buckle's fading now But it was sure shiny Back in 89 But now the best damn hand around Slide on over, Mama. I'ma tell you something, darling. I'm a spitfire and son of the road. Well, I've been raised on the miles, crazy living, living high. And I ain't got much to show, but 
that's a fairground sign There's a line across past the gate And people climbing on the fence To catch a glimpse of a bronc buster fighting for aid Well, I'm a patchwork of scars Posted at the bar Cause the pain ain't up and left Where the spears taste old And the rodeo cold But they ain't killed me Something, darling, I'm a spitfiring son of the road Well, I've been raised on the miles Crazy living, living high And I ain't got much to show But I rode the wild horses Freighting liners Burning up the highway through town And as we reach the edge I look up from my edge To see the lights of the rodeo ground So sliding over mama I'ma tell you something darling I'm a spitfiring son of the road I've been raised on the miles Crazy living, living high And I ain't got much to show Before the song, so thank you for telling us the, the meaning behind it and enriching the, the song a little bit more for the viewers or for the listeners. And us. <laughs> man, I'm glad to be a so, part of this, man. Thank you so much for talking with me. Oh, of course, man. So we're actually going to wrap up uh, quickly, uh, very shortly. So I want to know what your next events are. Um, I know you're on tour, and then kind of two items. Um, tied together what's next for you and could you give some advice to somebody who's just starting out regardless if it's yes. music, writing what what would you tell them? So uh, to answer the first question the tour dates are at ross-cooper.com that's the best way to kind of keep up with us uh, tomorrow night but we just came from Chicago and Milwaukee um, right now we're at a friends of ours ranch and uh, Sundance, Wyoming, and tomorrow night we're in Bozeman, Montana, um, at live at the divide, live from the divide. Uh, Friday we're in Bellingham, Washington, at 
um, Firefall Lounge Saturday. We're in um, Everett, Washington for a festival there, a Wildcat Festival. And then um, on Sunday, I do believe we're in Cottage Grove, uh, Oregon, at a place called uh, Axe and Fiddle. But all those dates, and then there's another week. Sorry. There's another week right after that. Um, and uh, yeah, all those dates are at ross-cooper.com. Uh, kind of the next thing, you know, on the docket after that is when kind of the year slows down for us. I'll kind of be back in riding mode, and um, hopefully by spring, you know, I'll be back in the studio and working on the follow-up next record. Um, and as far as advice for anybody starting out, man, you just got to go. You just got to keep going. You know, it's it's. I don't know if it's ever easy. It's always tough. There's a lot of sacrifice, but you know, it, it's. If you want it, you know, you'll find a way to do it. So, for the people just starting out, just just go. Just figure out how to do it. Um, that's the best advice. I know that sounds pretty ambiguous, but that's advice somebody gave me a long time ago. But and it's it's the best thing that you know that I've heard about the music industry is, um, you know, there's always going to be somebody who's better, better singer, better writer, whatever, but you can always outwork the next guy. So as long as that's kind of in your head and in your heart, I think that, you know, you you can kind of take care of yourself that way. So yeah, man, just, uh, go out and work. That's it. Some pretty good advice. Even, even if it is, uh, ambiguous. I mean, sometimes the best advice is, the thing that's been repeated over and over and over again throughout time, you know, yeah. and it's repeated because it's true. And, and that's right. Um, I, I definitely agree with everything that she said that you can't, uh, you can't get a book published unless you actually do the writing. You can't get a song published unless you do the, the singing. So I, I agree with that's that. That's right. So, but is there any other, um, snippets of your biography that you really want anybody else to know about you? I I think we covered pretty much a good good portion of it, right? Yeah. Yeah, I think that we've we've covered a a pretty good uh pretty good amount. I mean anything else we we try to keep the Instagram and the website pretty up to date. So and it's out there on all the social media too. I'm always bad about plugging that but um you know, a, a quick search on the on Facebook or Twitter. You know, I think both of those are Ross. I know both of those are Ross Cooper music, and then the Instagram is Ross G Cooper. But uh, yeah, we're we're kind of an I'm kind of an open book. You know, if anybody wants to know anything, man, just ask. Um, but yeah, and anything else you want to know, just Google. I I guess I don't know. It's a, <laughs> you, can, you can find hey, out. Man, Google works for me. You know. <laughs> Oh, it's, yeah, I know. That's what I'm saying. It's you can find out anything on Google these days, so it works out it's, good. It's pretty crazy. Um, I'm, I'm mildly jealous of you because, like I said, when I googled you, you, you came up instantly. And with me, it's like, okay, Google Ian Bush. Oh, <laughs> well, there's yeah, an author. Well, you know what? That might be him. <laughs> Well, I'm just I'm just playing with you, man. <laughs> no, I know it, but you know, and that's the thing. The grass is always greener, though. Too what, you know, what what people don't see is that, you know, you play one night in front of five people at a rock and roll club when you're a thousand miles away from the, te- the place that you call home. You know, you're a thousand miles away from your loved ones and you know everything you know, and it's like you have to you have to figure it out. Like there's nothing easy about it, 
Um, no. But, yeah, the grass is always green. There's definitely times where it's like, man, I just – I wish I was, you know, back home and – you know where there's somebody oh, who loves me, and there's a, there's a dog, and there's a there's a hot meal, <laughs> you know. But uh, also, that's very much. Um, I, I realize like how how lucky that we are to to get to be out here doing this. It's it's something that I've always wanted to do, and now it's like kind of you know we're we're making it happen, and it's a. Uh, I mean, don't kid yourself. We're in a 15-passenger van. We're not in a bus, <laughs> you know. So <laughs> it's a it, there's there's a long way to go, but um, we're also putting in putting in the hours, putting in the work, and so hopefully that's something that'll that'll happen if it's supposed to. But um, I don't think for you know I, I don't feel for one second that I'm not lucky to be out here getting to do this. So appreciate everybody that's listening to the music and buying it and coming to the shows and all all the things, you know. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, it, it's been really great to talk to you. Um, I appreciate Likewise, it. I know our listeners probably really appreciate it. So, it's um, been fun talking. Hopefully, yeah, man, hopefully uh, hopefully we can keep tabs on you and then you'll come back to the show. I know Yvonne will probably love to interview you again, so definitely yeah, keep her in, in mind. Yes, sir. We'll all right, man. Well, any. Anytime y'all are in Nashville, Thank we have you. a spare bedroom, so so come hang out. <laughs> yeah, never been to Tennessee, so I'll definitely try. <laughs> yeah, come on. Yeah, it's not that far from Michigan. <laughs> you got, you I don't gotta think. go, right? That's, you, that's just gotta go. you just yeah. gotta go. <laughs> you just gotta go. Just gotta go. man. Appreciate you. So that in the show tonight. Yeah, talk, I know man. Yvonne always does. Uh, yeah, no worries, man. Uh, down the show tonight. I know Yvonne always does a quick little blurb about. Um, the key takeaways from from the show or something that's been on her mind or her heart and um, honestly not trying to bring up a bad situation but I just can't get over the thought of um, Yvonne's husband passing away um, we we can't plan that you, you can never plan that you're going to wake up the next morning and you're not going to be there so I think if um, Yvonne wanted y'all to hear something tonight. I think it would be just to hug your 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 friends and your family and your pets and your kids tight. And um, you know we're we're busy. We're all busy. We're working. We're paying bills. We're going to college. We're busy. But it's more important to take the busy off for a bit and call your family and, and tell them that you love them because we don't know. We never know. It just happens. And I, I bet you Yvonne would want you to know that she read you, you say, I'm glad I did, instead of, oh, man, I wish I didn't. So on that note, it's Ian Bush on Off the Chain, hosting for the week for Yvonne Mason. Join us later this week. We have another show coming up, and I can't wait to hear from, from, from our, host, our, our, next, uh, our next guest. So. Thank you all for listening, and you have a great night.